Hey there, this is Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. I am Shanda Sung and I'm a comedian. And I'm Ashley Morgan and I'm a farmer. We have been best friends since we were nine years old. Welcome to our show where we teach each other all kinds of things that cover our wide range of knowledge and interests. And today's episode is Medical Mysteries. Ooh, we had mysteries, which was very broad. Now we're kind of narrowing it down yeah. to medical mysteries. <laughs> we're trying to get ourselves a little bit closer together, I think, on what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Medical mysteries. It's interesting. Researching this um, was interesting. There's, but really a lot of it was like, here's something that people had no idea about a long time ago. And then we just figured out, like, he had bad gas. <laughs> yeah. Not it was a mystery, not really so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, we we figured this one out. So, yeah, even like mine like we know what it is and stuff. So, I don't know. I'm no spoilers. We'll get no, to don't, it. No, don't don't spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good that we are in an era of fewer medical mysteries. That's yeah. reassuring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when I was really little, I was 18 months old, my mom was giving me a bath and when she was washing my back, she found a lump Mm. and of course rushed me into the pediatrician who had been there since day one and he was a really well-known guy around the area And I think one of the best, one of the best in the area. I forget his name now. Sorry. But (laughs) he was so good. I forgot his name. (laughs) But he looked me over and was immediately like, I know what that is. That's so reassuring as a parent like that. (sighs) to, To think like you're afraid and you go in and to have them say, yes, I know what this is, even if it's something scary. Is so much better than being like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, and yeah, I went to medical might be school. <laughs> something might be nothing. Like that feeling is just even worse. I think. Yes, he did know what it was, which was reassuring, but heartbreaking because uh, it was Wilms tumor. It was a cancerous tumor on my kidney, mm-hmm. and I had to do surgery. I had to do chemo, radiation, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. I have this huge scar on my stomach because I was so little. I wasn't even two years old. Yeah. And they pretty much cut me open along the bottom of my rib cage Mm -hmm. and I think essentially pulled all my guts out, sorted through, tossed out the bad one, the bad (laughs) kidney, looked around in there to make sure nothing else was gone bad and put everything back in and didn't touch the side so it didn't buzz at him right like that game (laughs) yeah and so they put me back together and they stitched me up Mm -hmm. and I have this huge scar that grew with me yeah so it is still running along the whole bottom side of my (laughs) ribcage which is still to this day yeah which is interesting you know you think like oh it wasn't it's like a, what, an eight-inch scar when they initially make the incision, and now it's like double that yeah. because it grew with you. Totally. So I was very lucky, A, that my doctor knew right away. It was no mystery. No yeah. medical mystery there. He was like, I know what this is. You need to get it taken care of right away. And so I was bald on my second birthday because of the chemo and the radiation. Man, I just grew this hair. Come on, man. (laughs) I put all that effort in. Now it's gone. I was very fortunate because my other kidney was healthy. Right. And so I grew and developed just fine. It was really annoying because I had to wear a back brace during sports, essentially a pad. Yeah. That would in case I got elbowed in the back because they didn't want my kidney damaged and everything. But what was funny was when we were in basketball practice and I would wear that, this one girl asked me, she's like, dude, are you wearing a bulletproof vest right now? (laughs) Because it was, it would cover almost my entire torso. Yeah. 
yeah, I should have pulled out a gun and been like, yeah, what of it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm undercover. Be cool. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was very fortunate that it turned out okay. I'm I'm fine. I like to think I'm fine. I mean, I have other issues, but that's not kidney related. So. You should just blame it on everything. Just like, oh my gosh, uh, I just my anxiety is so high. It's got to be. It's got to be that one kidney. kidney you yeah. know, <laughs> like, oh, I keep locking my keys in my car. I'm sure it's because I've only got one kidney. <laughs> it's got to be. That's the only explanation. <laughs> the, the part the of my body that remembers my anniversary was definitely that kidney. <laughs> so sorry do you do you know which one is gone oh I didn't for the longest time and then I eventually just randomly I think my parents were cleaning out the metal file folder that had all our stuff in it and they handed me a bunch of papers and it happened to have my x-rays and there was your kidney in a jar yeah <laughs> oh this belongs to you you're probably gonna want that <laughs> it was actually an an envelope that had my x-rays in it okay. so I was able to see everything and I believe my right one was removed okay if I recall yeah but for the longest time I didn't know so everyone kept asking me and I'm like wow. I'll just wear a brace that covers the whole back cover yeah. my bases <laughs> yeah yeah, that feels like that would be helpful information, but I for sure would forget. I can't yeah. tell my left or my right all the time. There's a medical mystery for you. Why does my brain have no idea which is my left and my right? I am a 36-year-old woman, and I turn the wrong way constantly. <laughs> if I'm giving directions in a car, I, like, get all antsy and say, let her right. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, no, never. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I got I've gotten to the point that now I just say my way or your way. (laughs) (laughs) You know how they used to say, if you can't remember your left from your right, hold your fingers up in an L shape on both of your hands and whichever one looks right is left. But I would hold them up and I'd be like, well, they both look right to me. Oh, no. (laughs) They both look correct. This is weird. What's happening? (laughs) Also, maybe I'm dyslexic. I don't know. Everything's (laughs) just piling. Because of that kidney. I'm missing the kidney, and I don't know what L's look like now. (laughs) Can't can't tell what my left or my right is because don't have that kidney. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a problem, and uh, Josh has learned to roll with the punches on that. Like, he knows... (laughs) He knows not to ask me left or right. He's like, this way? And I'm like, yeah, that way. <laughs> and uh, I was actually on, I don't know, one of the socials. And there was a picture of someone who had tattooed an L on her left hand and an R on her right hand. And oh, people brilliant. were just roasting her for it. That's <laughs> Like, oh, my gosh, that's ridiculous. Really? You've got to do that? Don't you know to just hold up your fingers in an L? And I was like, man, I mean, I kind of am into that idea. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Should I? I would do that. (laughs) That's pretty brilliant. There's your next tattoo idea. Yeah, I blame it on my left-handedness. But, you know, learning how to do things with my non-dominant hand and stuff confused me, but there are millions of left-handed people who know where the hell they're going. So, so, Maybe you're just bad with directions. Maybe that's the bigger issue. I am just confused about my orientation in the earth (laughs) where I am at all times. So, yeah, that was a fun little banter where I compared your uh, deadly childhood cancer to my (laughs) inability to tell my left from my right. Both are equally devastating. That for you. (laughs) (laughs) See, here's the thing, though. We've been friends for almost thirty years. I've heard about the fucking cancer, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) This story wasn't for you. Although, I will say. I am doing okay. I am a cancer survivor. You are still struggling with your Ah, affliction. That's a good point. That's a good point. You uh, are a hero and you recovered and I'm a bumbling doofus turning the wrong way down all the roads. Hey, you've learned to overcome your handicap admirably. So 
No, you really are the hero. Yeah, this is how I do it. I make this face. Uh, until it comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> Your face goes completely blank and you're just buffering for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the pinwheel spinning. <laughs> well, how about we talk about like actual legit medical mysteries? I suppose. I okay. think that's what the people are here for. <laughs> so I am first today. And uh, mine is pretty interesting. So imagine that you are driving your car and you're feeling a little woozy and you start to get kind of sleepy and you get a little swervy and suddenly you get pulled over and you're like, oh, man. And they bring you out of the car and you know you have had nothing to drink. And then they breathalyze you, and you are wildly over the legal limit. Ah, sabotage. (laughs) This has happened to many people. And it turns out it is something called autobrewery syndrome. I've never heard of that. Yeah, there is. It's crazy. There is a bacteria or a fungus. It can be caused by multiple different things in someone's gut that causes carbohydrates to be fermented in their digestive tract and turned into ethanol and absorbed into their small intestines and make them inebriated as if they were drunk. What? Yes. That's amazing. See, now, Tyler's been just doing his home brews and drinking beer like a schlub. Come on. He could have been doing that the whole time. Just cut out the the middleman. (laughs) You get the right fungus, you can get drunk on bread, baby. Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a, it's a wild thing. It it was kind of first discovered even back in the 1900s. They realized that this was a thing that was happening, and then it was becoming more discovered and studied in the 1940s is when they labeled it autobrewery syndrome, and it became a little bit more well-known. Which Hmm. is to say, still not very well known at all. That's extremely uncommon and probably goes underreported because people don't realize it. If they have a mild version of it, then they just feel a little tipsy sometimes and they attribute it to any number of other factors. Or they had a couple drinks and then when they... (laughs) Yeah. They're like, man, I feel great. These drinks are strong. (laughs) That was... uh, That was... Very intense, (laughs) that that one drink that I had. That's crazy. It's not a permanent thing. They can, it can be resolved. It can be treated because it is a bacteria or a fungus that's living in your gut. And so if it's diagnosed and it can be treated in the right way with a course of antibiotics or antifungals and over a period of months with those treatments and then a change in diet to make things low carb, then that it can become resolved and you can be fine. And so presumably people kind of get over it naturally without ever really realizing that they had had it at all. They're just like, man, you remember those few months where I was acting real funny every time we had pizza? (laughs) Can you imagine, though, that creeping up at a really inopportune time, like when you're driving home or at your sister's wedding and you haven't had anything to drink yet or during a job interview after lunch, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything I was reading, one of the main things is like the the biggest impact it has on people's lives is socially. Yeah. And on their, they get into legal trouble. They get into difficulties with their relationships because they can't explain why they're behaving erratically. And, Listen, uh, Judge, it was not not this fun guy having a good time. It was the fun guy in my gut. <laughs> you are correct. It has been used as a defense in DUI cases. No kidding. Yes. Uh, and several times. And one of the most recent ones was in 2016 in upstate New York. A woman was arrested at four times the legal limit damn yeah driving and she pulled over for a flat tire and they stopped to help her and she was being kind of erratic and they breathalyzed her and she was at a point four which would 
make a normal person comatose. Yeah. Like, that is very intoxicated. And that's kind of the the main mystery of this is how their blood alcohol level can be so high and they still be functioning yeah. at a level that would, you know, most people would be hospitalized. Wild. And so that is one part of it that hasn't been figured out. It's also pretty strange and mysterious the number of things that can cause this because they'll go in and do tests and find dozens of different bacteria or fungi that can be causing it. And there are many different things that can preempt it, like that people tend to have diabetes or they tend to have had surgery recently and Mm. they used antibiotics following the surgery. And so there are just so many different factors that could predict this that it's impossible (laughs) to predict. So it's really just kind of this unwieldy thing that we don't know a whole lot about because it it goes underreported and understudied. You know, it's not getting as much attention as as we would know more if it was getting more attention, which I think is the case with most medical mysteries. We really need a high profile celebrity to get this. Yes. So it can be properly sponsored. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. We need uh we need a 5K to end auto brewery syndrome where everybody's just eating bread and stumbling down the street. <laughs> yeah, the the bagel and banana that they give you after you run, it would be just <laughs> the worst thing they could do. Yeah. It's it's very interesting, and there are a lot of anecdotal kind of things. There was a guy in 2019 who experienced a lot of brain fog and then sometimes would get stumbly, and he received treatment for all sorts of things trying to pin this down. It got to the point that his family was convinced that he was a, a secret drinker, mm. and he's like, I swear I'm not, and they're like, okay. That sounds like something a secret drinker would say. Exactly. Yeah. So these poor people are like, I didn't drink. And they're like, well, you're the thing that confuses me is that it's it shows up on a breathalyzer. You know? Yeah. So even though they hadn't ingested it that way, it can still be on your breath. Like I get it being in your in your blood. Yeah. I did a good amount of research and there's just not a whole lot about it other than long lists of bacteria that have been associated with it. I want you to list all of them. Yeah, well, and uh, pronounce them perfectly. Yeah, I'm going to we'll put that on the Patreon. How about that? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's pretty interesting the wide variety of things that can cause it. Like I said, use of antibiotics, having poor nutrition, diabetes or having a, a liver cirrhosis of the liver can also preclude it. And like you know, these poor people, their social relationships are damaged. They may be in legal or other type of trouble. And mm. then to solve it, they have to quit eating carbs, which is just salt in the wound. Oh, man. Because when things are tough for me, I just want to snuggle up with a baguette. Yeah. I ate, like, a, a whole pizza today. So, I mean... <laughs> What's that going to do? I wouldn't yeah. live. I couldn't could have pizza anymore. I'd be like, yeah. never mind. I'll just go to jail. Like, I'll whatever. just go to jail. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. And so there was also a, in 2020, someone who it was showing up in their urine. And so there's a urinary autobrewery syndrome where the bacteria is in your bladder and it ferments in your bladder. So it's not it wasn't in her bloodstream. But it was in her urine, and she took a urine screen, and they're like, oh, how drunk were you when you took this screen? And she was like, not at all. And then they took a blood test, and they're like, oh, you weren't. It was going directly into her urine. She's basically peeing straight beer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's pretty wild, you know, how varied it can be and how different it can be for other people. That girl that was peeing beer, I'm sure in the dark recesses of the internet, she could make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. There's a piece of the dark web for her, for sure. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to. I think she took some antibiotics and got through it, though. So 
What an Missed idiot. out on that cash cow. <laughs> she could have been a millionaire. What a dummy. That's so gross. I don't even know exactly what we're talking about, but the path that we're on it leads nowhere good. We're talking about the dark web. Dark web. <laughs> God cannot Did- see in the dark web. Every- <laughs> he left a long time ago. He's like, wow, this place is... This place is rough. I'm out of here. <laughs> Good luck. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to Facebook where they post memes about me all the time. Makes me feel good. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, yeah. The the lady in upstate New York in 2016 who was at a 0.4, she did get her case dismissed, her DUI case. And it was really because of her lawyer. He was like, oh, none of this added up. And I was pretty sure she wasn't lying. And also, she was so drunk. Yeah. How did she even? She was figure... upright and talking. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> that, How do you find the itself. ignition of your vehicle when you're at a point four? So he actually delved into it. He started Googling, and it popped up. And so he had some tests run on her, and had. She was supervised for 12 hours to make sure she didn't drink, and then she ate some food, and then she tested with this high blood alcohol. So that lawyer earned his money. He took it upon himself to go down this path and get her diagnosed, and it, yeah, it got her case dismissed. And so it's happened a couple times before, and I'm sure that there have been people who have tried. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, swear it was my gut. My gut biome did this to me. I got a brewery in my small intestines. (laughs) (laughs) Although you did make a point earlier. It would be hard to diagnose because that's not going to be the first thing you think of. If someone's disoriented or, you know, acting erratically, you know, acting drunk, you're probably that's that's not going to be the first thing you think of, especially if there's the chance that they're lying about it. And I. I'm sure that people that go to their doctors and go to the ER, I highly doubt they lie. Yeah. <laughs> but ER doctors are probably like, uh, no, they lie all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never once lied to a doctor. You know, I'm sure doctors and ER staff, their first thought is going to be this person is lying and they're very drunk. And, yeah, you know, it's or it's something else. It's a neurological thing. It's yeah. a if they're disoriented or acting erratically, they're probably going to think, yeah, brain or spinal cord or neurological or something, some sort of psychosis, maybe. Yeah. They're not going to think gut fermentation. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what cows do. Come on. Like. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely not going to be their first thought. And that's the way it is with many of the people who were eventually diagnosed. It was a long process of them thinking, OK, I have a neurological problem. I have a psychological problem. I have something else that's causing me to to be dizzy and woozy and feel inebriated when I'm not. Because if you go in with all those symptoms, their first thing isn't going to be to screen you for alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're going if you're going in there concerned yeah. because you know you haven't had anything to drink, but something's wrong. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, let's just make sure you didn't accidentally drink when you didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. You got you you got drunk by your gut biome and then forgot because you were drunk and proceeded to drink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that might works? also be problem. You know, when I get a couple drinks in, I'm like, I get two or three drinks in, depending on the situation and my mood and my like how much I have slept the night before, I have two modes. It's either, well, that's it. I'm going to go to bed. Or it's, we're taking five shots. <laughs> it's so like, what's you eat a sandwich, you're sitting at home, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, shots, shots, shots. <laughs> you just take it to the next level. Uh, yeah. So the, po- the party monster lives in you. Yeah, for real. Yeah, your your uh your stomach's pre gaming on your on your behalf. Yeah. So what you do is you eat nachos before you go out. You get a little drunk. You 
rage for a little while. And then when you start to wind down the night, you go get a pizza and then you rage some more (laughs) without even having to really drink. (laughs) Oh, man, if I could have gotten nacho drunk, that would have saved me a lot of money in college because I was already (laughs) eating the nachos. It would have cut my nightly budget in half. (laughs) Yeah. We're eating the nachos and the pizza. So, I mean, let's have that get us there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that is auto brewery syndrome. It's fascinating. I've never heard of it. That's really. It's very interesting. I was going to say it was cool, but, and we, we made some jokes about it, but it's probably actually very scary when you're going through it. (laughs) Yeah, to be drunk when you don't want to be drunk. Yeah. Like, that is scary. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And um, I don't know. I guess I hope there's a little bit more study on it because it does seem pretty fascinating if there would be ways to predict it a little bit better. Because right now it just seems like, well, we're not sure. It could come from anywhere. So Or as even a way to diagnose it faster. Right, right. So that way people don't have to go through that, especially since it can be cured. Yeah. You know, at, at least make it somewhat, I don't know, I didn't go to med school, but make it more relevant medically. Make it one of those things you talk yeah. about in class that just sits in the back of a doctor's mind. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, I think well, I heard maybe. about this in class. It might be. <laughs> Well, to all of the doctors listening to this podcast, maybe look into that next time somebody comes in drunk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're really going to help it shoot up in the Google search. So, you know, we're doing the good the good work here. Yeah, that's our good deed for the day. Laughing at these poor people. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> all right. Well, that's everything I had on uh, autobrewery syndrome and urinary autobrewery syndrome. So I'm looking forward to hearing about your mystery. <laughs> the listeners are missing out on my, like, spooky fingers. Jazz hands? Yes. <laughs> it's fall. They're spooky fingers. In the spring, oh, okay. they're jazz hands. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's uh, take a break and then we'll come back with your mystery. All right, and we're back. My medical mystery that I'm going to talk about today is the story of Gloria Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And it starts off with her in 1994, 31 years old. She was just an average woman from Riverside, California. She had two kids, a husband, doing the damn thing. Her reverend called her joyful, funny, friendly. She was a pretty neat lady. However, her health was deteriorating pretty rapidly due to being diagnosed with late-stage cervical cancer. Mm. So it was very aggressive and really taking its toll on her. So on February 19th, 1994, at around 8.15 p.m., Gloria was admitted to Riverside General Hospital for increased heart rate, abnormal breathing, and some confusion. So, of course, the first thing they do because of the confusion and she's pretty amped up, they give her a sedative to try mm-hmm. to calm her down. But because of the the heart issues and the breathing issues, she was actually declining pretty rapidly. Hmm. And they had to use the defibrillator on her. And when they took her shirt off to hook up the pads or the paddles or whatever it was, she had an oily shine to her skin. And that Hmm. was something they noticed. They also noticed that she had garlicky smelling breath. So then when they drew some blood to run tests, during the blood draw, they noticed an ammonia smell to the blood Mm. that was apparently pretty strong. And then when they looked at her blood in the tubes, they noticed tan particles floating around in her blood. And so there was a lot of weird stuff going on. But not long after the blood draw one of the medical staff that was working with her fainted, just out of the blue, passed out. Not long after that, another one felt kind of nauseous. So she left the room, went and sat down at the nurse's station to clear her head. And while she was sitting there, 
boom, passed out too. Whoa. And not long after that, a third one passed out. So hospital staff was like, "Uh oh, something is going on. We don't know what's happening. People are dropping like flies. So they ended up evacuating the ER, sent people outside, had medical staff in hazmat suits come in to try to stabilize her. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, at 850 she died and her cause of death was ultimately kidney failure Mm. but she was in the hospital for only about 35 minutes and during that time 23 people became ill five of them had to be hospitalized wow after coming in contact with her or being near her so everyone was like what is up with this what is happening yeah what is going on with all these people (laughs) that's to evacuate an er seems crazy to me yeah like people (laughs) stop what you're doing i know quit with the cpr that you're currently in process with because people are (laughs) fainting and we don't know why get outside that's wild that had to have been such chaos yeah i mean because you you have no idea what this is when people just start dropping like flies you're like is this a deadly pathogen? Is this bioterrorism? What yeah. is happening? And you really just have to take any precaution and just get the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, there was an investigation. And the initial investigation was performed by the health department. And they had asked the staff to fill out a questionnaire that had a set list of questions. And mm-hmm. they, when they did their interviews, asked a set list of questions. They almost had like a script they were reading from as in terms of questions they needed to ask. Yeah. And they didn't come up with anything that seemed logical other than they called it mass hysteria. <laughs> That's the go-to. Was it I assume that it was some women who were fainting? <laughs> I think the first 3 were women. Yeah. Like, well, you know, You know how these ladies be. They just, they get hysterical. (laughs) One of them passes out. They all got to pass out for attention. (laughs) Uh, They all got their period at the same time and passed out. And that's 23 people ill, five hospitalized. And they're saying, nope, it's just a made up thing. Everybody just thought there was something going around and thought they'd get on the bandwagon of, yeah, I'm going to be hospitalized too. Yeah. Oh, it's all just in everyone's heads. Yeah, everyone. So one of the initial women to pass out was actually a medical resident. And when the mass hysteria conclusion was put out there, she was not having it. Yeah. I think she herself was hospitalized for two or three weeks with breathing issues. Um. And so she was like, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. Do it again or something else, because I can assure you that's not that's not how we, you know, we're trained medical professionals. We're not going to give in to mass hysteria. And she's like, I'm a medical resident. That's, you know, no, absolutely not. So, of course, people were pretty upset by that conclusion. Right. Of course, there were other theories going around once people started speculating a little more and enough time had gone by. They speculated that. It had something to do with meth. Okay. Hear me out. The ammonia smell in her blood could have been caused by methylamine, Mm -hmm. methylamine. I don't know how you say that word, but it's one of the raw ingredients in meth. Mm -hmm. And apparently... Riverside, California was having a bit of a meth issue, and they thought that raw material for this drug was being run through the hospital there. Whoa. Being hidden in boxes or IV bags. And so there was another theory that she was given the wrong IV bag Mm. full of methylamine and... That's what caused the ammonia smell in her blood. But it didn't really account for much else. Yeah. And it was really a lot of speculation 
because I don't think anything had really been proven that the hospital was smuggling drugs and that all this other stuff. So and to like to smell that is that strong enough that it would make someone pass out, you know, ah. and and also that seems pretty easy to debunk if they just tested her blood. Right. You know, to say, well, that's not what was in there. Right. That was more of like a gossipy theory. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know how that hospital's got all that meth. It was just that meth, that hospital meth. Can't be messing with that hospital myth. Although it makes me think of around Halloween when people are always like, check your kids' candy. They're going to put drugs into your candy. Nobody's giving away free drugs in the candy. Nobody likes your kid that much. Okay. (laughs) And by the way, as a grown woman, why don't I get drugs in my candy? (laughs) Um, Aren't there edibles? Pretty sure that is drugs in candy. That is drugs in candy. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a, you know, check your IV bags. They're putting meth in in the IVs. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly right. So, yeah, I think that was a a big speculation. There was one thing that lined up. So they're like, yeah, let's jump on that. Right. But ultimately, there was a third-party laboratory that did an investigation they were called Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think they were hired to do a more extensive investigation on this. So this lab, this third-party lab, when they ran their investigation, they discovered a few things. And here's what they think happened. There is a compound called dimethyl sulfoxide, or DMSO. Mm-hmm. You can buy it at the hardware store. I actually just saw it the other day at Rural King. It is a degreaser, and it can also be used for pain relief. So some people will self-medicate by taking this, and they think that could be what could have caused the oily sheen on her skin. Yeah. And it also has a garlicky smell, like it can cause a garlic smell on the breath. So they attributed those two things to the fact that she might have ingested this DMSO degreaser, then it may have built up in her body due to the kidney blockage, which ultimately caused the kidney failure. Right. When they administered oxygen in the ambulance, because she was transported to the ER through via ambulance, that when they administered oxygen, the compound then shifted to dimethyl sulfone, which is DMSO2. This crystallizes at room temperature. Mm. So they think that the particles they saw in the blood could have been from when it was removed from her body at 98.6 degrees, then Uh went to room temperature of the hospital. Then on top of that, more chemistry. Yeah. There's a theory that when they used the defibrillator, it then converted... That compound to dimethyl sulfate or DMSO4, which can turn into a toxic vapor. Wow. So she may have been self-medicating with this degreaser that through multiple chemical reactions due to various treatments to get her stabilized, that it could have evolved into this toxic vapor that then filled the room and was making people pass out. That's wild. Yeah. That's But they had to use crazy chemistry to to get there. All the events turned that in. What if one of those things had been left out? What if they didn't defibrillate her? What if she stabilized and they had just administered oxygen? Then she just would have had the crystals in her blood and nobody would have been... Yeah. You know, hurt by it. Or, or she would, I mean, it would, wouldn't have been the crystals in her blood in her bloodstream. So oh, I right. suppose yeah. that would have been because she wouldn't have been at room temperature. Yeah. So it probably would have been harmless. I mean, I don't know if harmless, maybe not. <laughs> like yeah. there has to be some kind of, well, it was probably hard on her kidneys and everything else. Yeah. Wow. The poor lady is trying to 
take the edge off of this pain from this cancer and then turns herself into a a science experiment gone horribly wrong yeah and ends up she died pretty quickly and then a bunch of other people got sick as well yeah i'm pretty sure they're confident that that's what happened yeah they ultimately ran three autopsies on her and the family denied that she was self-medicating yeah maybe because she was a nice lady she they didn't want to people to talk poorly about her or they maybe didn't know right if she's just buying this at a hardware store or a farm store Mm-hmm. She might have been keeping a secret, even. Yeah. There was no way to prove otherwise because at some point during the various autopsies, her heart went missing. How does that happen? I don't know. Like, threw it in the trash, put it in your lunchbox. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't get As I tell my kids, it doesn't grow legs and walk away. <laughs> It's in this room. Maybe you put it in a jar, set it next to uh, my kidney or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but her body was released 10 weeks after her death. Mm. And her body was pretty decomposed by that point. And yeah. when the family wanted to do another autopsy to disprove that it was that. Yeah. That's when they noticed the heart was missing and also that a lot of her other internal organs were contaminated because of the decomposition of yeah. her. So they did. They buried her and they had a funeral and all that stuff. So she she did eventually make it home. So that's, yeah. that's good. The findings were actually published in Forensic Science International, which I don't know if that's a journal or a magazine or whatever that publication is. And it's also been discussed in chemistry classes, medical classes, yeah. as kind of a case study. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, intre- I'm sitting here thinking about my uh, sister-in-law, who is a high school chemistry teacher. I'm like, you need to have her listen to this episode because she'd probably find it pretty interesting. She might already know about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she might. One of the things I read, and I feel really sorry for this lady because... According to an article I read about her, she was a pretty nice lady, pretty average, Mm. you know, like I said in the beginning, friendly and funny. And she's suffering from cervical cancer pretty bad. She gets admitted to the ER feeling absolutely bad. She's on her way out. Yeah. You know, and they try everything to help her. And then she gets nicknamed the toxic lady or the toxic woman uh, and that's sad she didn't mean to hurt all those people she didn't it know is, but also like i don't know maybe she likes it that's kind of a badass <laughs> nickname that's kind of a that's kind of a badass way to go be like if i'm leaving i'm taking all you bitches with me <laughs> so you know maybe she wasn't so average she was she's down at the farm store self-medicating she is, yeah, she had a secret edge to her. I think I think maybe she always wanted to be seen as a badass. And, <laughs> and she's happy now <laughs> that this is the way she's remembered. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Then she puts on her leather jacket. And she peels out on her motorcycle into the sunset, leaving bodies everywhere behind her in her wake. <laughs> I really hope that's how it happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With just toxic written on the back, bedazzled into the back of her motorcycle jacket. With the Britney Spears song playing loudly (laughs) on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's very interesting and had to be terrifying to witness. And um, I'm glad they figured it out. It does sound like a sci-fi novel. I think it'd make a good one. I just found it fascinating that it was the series of events that led to this because I feel like if any one thing in the chain of events had been different, it would have had a completely different outcome. 
Yeah, the dominoes all had to fall in the right Yeah. Wow, yeah. I guess I didn't dig too deeply into it, but I wonder if there were, besides the meth thing, I wonder if there were any other conspiracy theories that came out of it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there were, (laughs) yeah. There's got to be some, you know, some corner of the dark web where that one lady's pee is. There's a conspiracy (laughs) theory about aliens and... It's probably where her heart is. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) There's one guy, one pervert is a collector of all these weird things. Yeah. He's like, here's (laughs) Ashley's kidney. (laughs) Look how tiny. (laughs) I got the toxic lady's heart. And I got the brewery bladder's pee. So do I need to create another list? Okay, we've got our our reading list. We've got our places to visit list. And then we've got our creepy things found on the dark web list. (laughs) So people can... I think uh, body parts where they're not supposed to be is a list that we've got going. We got Percy Shelley's heart. (laughs) Rasputin's penis. Rasputin's penis. Yeah. Various organs in the wrong place. (laughs) Ava Perone's body made it. Oh her yeah, way, yeah, made its way true. around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really do. Her whole thing, just <laughs> the whole body. <laughs> we have recurring themes for those who, uh, <laughs> those who are listening at home. Those our our, our avid listeners, our weekly re- listeners, uh, are going to notice themes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we the creeps then? Because <laughs> we keep talking about this uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm not here to come to any upsetting conclusion about myself personally. Okay, that's not what we came to this show for. Hey. I don't want to learn anything about myself. If don't... I'm a creep, it's because I only have one kidney. Okay, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it was the norm. It was the normal kidney that left. <laughs> they thought they got the evil kidney. Turns out that one's still there. <laughs> oh my gosh all right so before this gets any weirder yeah let's talk about you what do you got going on (laughs) got any shows coming up uh i got a lot of stuff i i got some things so in december on the 11th i'm gonna be in indianapolis at beer brewery i'm gonna be closing that out that will be a fun show and then um I got to buy the rest of my Christmas presents and (laughs) wrap them discreetly and hide them in various places around my house. And then I am headlining the Comedy Attic on New Year's Eve. And I'm very excited about that. So if you are in or around the Bloomington area, come say farewell to 2021 with me. (laughs) And listen to me talk for an extended amount of time, which obviously you're into if you're listening to this show. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got that. I've got some stuff in January. I'm going to be January 7th in Louisville at the Comedy Caravan. I'm going to be at uh, the Comedy Underground in Detroit on December 14th and 15th. So we've got some things. And if you want to find out about any of that stuff, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I post my dates on all those places at Shanda Sung or on Twitter. I'm Shanda S. Panda. I just wanted it to be Shanda Panda, but that was taken. So now it's, I don't know if it's Shanda S. Panda because it's my last initial or is it possessive? It's Shanda's Panda. Oh. It can be what you want it to be. Either way, you can find me on Twitter. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes. Uh, What do you guys have going on? You just uh, processed turkeys today. I'm impressed that you're awake. Yep. Turkeys. Turkeys are done for the season. Yeah, winter's pretty slow for us. Actually, I like to do more indoor things like I will start processing fleece. Mm-hmm. I will try to come up with some recipes, new fun <gasps> stuff. You should make felted missing body parts. Oh, yeah. Make a felted Rasputin's penis. Done. That's our merch, guys. <laughs> felted <laughs> Penises. Felted body and parts. hearts. Felted calcified hearts. <laughs> <sighs> yes. <laughs> I'm very excited about making you do this. 
Oh boy, yeah. So I yeah, might, there you actually. go. That's what you can do for the winter. That's what you got going on now. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna try to do more fleece projects. Yeah. If you have any ideas, let me know. I'll put them on our website, crimsonmoonfarm.com. Yeah. Go there for recipes too. We've got a, a couple couple new ones up, and it's not just farm recipes. Like we mm-hmm. were doing mostly our chickens and things like that, eggs. Yeah. We had egg recipes up there, but now we're just kind of putting on some of our favorite recipes. Yeah. We've got cowboy beans. We've got orange cookies that are really delicious. So these are our favorites that we really just want to share with other people. So if your meals are getting boring, come check out crimsonmoonfarm.com. And of course, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Still yeah. making those uh, animal videos for sure yeah. on TikTok. Yeah, you got you got one of a of a cat climbing a window that was very enjoyable. We all watched a bunch of times. Oh my gosh, those <laughs> my cats! My son goes, "Let it in." He <laughs> 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 clearly just wants to come in. <laughs> oh, those cats climb everything. They climb trees and their front porch posts and my pant leg and yeah. <laughs> they're just all over the place if I, to be so fair silly. if i had claws i would climb everything too so the one hope she pierced my leg Oof. in two places climbing up my leg i screamed it oh, hurts no. <laughs> shiny little razor <laughs> sharp little razor blades just right into my thigh <laughs> it hurts so yeah, bad those little kitty claws will tear you up mm-hmm well, Definitely. yeah, get, get on TikTok and check out all of uh, Crimson Moon Farm's cute little farm animal videos. You can find the podcast also on Facebook and Instagram at Passing Notes Podcast. Or, yeah, Passing Notes Podcast. Right? That's our handle. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late. Say it with confidence. <laughs> yeah, you can find us. Or, you know what? Text me. I'll send you the link. <laughs> so yeah and uh i hope you enjoyed the show i enjoyed it it was very interesting to hear about these medical mysteries yeah and if you have any medical mysteries that you know of share your story with us we'd love to tell us your weird stuff tell us your what's wrong with you what are you missing (laughs) can you tell your left from your right yeah would you support me getting tattoos on my hands yeah, that's what we want to know. So hit us up. Yeah, send us a message. Find us on those things. And above all, I hope you share this show with your best friend. Yes, indeed. Like every week, I'd like to thank my husband, Tyler, for recording, editing, producing this show. There's no mystery about him. He is perfect in every way. Boo. <laughs> we want to thank you. crap to Facebook. <laughs> We want to thank you all for listening, hanging in there for 35 episodes. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. For Shanda Sung, I am Ashley Morgan. Join us next time on Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. That was I was afraid I was going to be like too fried. I hate to admit it, but my notes are two different colors oh, no. because my pen, my pen died. Yeah. I usually write it in red pen and it died. And so my notes got a little messed up because they went from red to blue and it apparently just derailed me. <laughs> I can't. <laughs>